another episode of Indie Fire right here with your girl, Nakia. I want to apologize on behalf of my host. Um, There seems to be some technical difficulties, and I thought it was just me, and I noticed they started sending out all of these announcements after our last show. Um, But everything, and I thought, again, I thought it was just me. Everything seems very delayed. You know, the show starts like 10 seconds behind, and I'm very, very punctual um, very analytical, and I thought, again, you know, okay, it's, it's my ear, you know, I'm noticing the time difference from when the show starts to when the music starts, you know, what is really going on. So apparently there are some issues internally that they've been working around the clock on. Um, they need to speed that clock up because uh, this is like my third show that this has happened. Um, I'm not cool with that, all right? <laughs> so I want to get that out there so you guys aren't thinking, you're like, what are they doing, you know? Why are they so slow or whatever? But, again, you're tuned into another episode of Indie Fire right here with your girl, um, Nikia. I want to backtrack just a minute and talk about the last episode and bring you up to speed on some current events. So on Monday of this week, we brought back New Music Monday. Super excited to be back three times a week um, with you guys. Uh, we'll be pushing up to our fourth show, um, the brand-new show, next month. I'm excited about that as well. Um, but on New Music Mondays, on Monday, we did debut some very hot new music um, from some South African artists, um, Tina Marie, from a UK rap artist, uh, Robbie Rap, who will be on the show in, in about two weeks, two weeks from today. Um, also, True Soul Davis out of Cleveland, Ohio, with right here. Um, let's see, no, no, Never Better, Never Better, yes. Uh, hip-hop lyricist, Black Earl, rap artist, uh, Ski Bear and uh, R&B artist Terrible T out of Eunice and Basile, Louisiana. Um, also, we debuted um, This World, yes, This World from King Vega out of the Bronx, New York, off of his brand new um, album entitled The Bronx. Um, we went across, you know, the, the border again to Germany to music label Hasenschat, who submitted several entries from artists that they have um, on their label. So um, this coming up Monday, again, we bring New Music Mondays back. If you're interested in submitting, go ahead and email my assistant, Monica, at info at IndieFireRadio.com. She'll give you all the specifics, what you need to submit. Please uh, don't just put the music. Don't send music. All right, just don't send your music or or send a link to your music. For one, I'm not going to take your link. I'm not searching for music. Two, um... Just don't send your MP3. I we don't know your name. We don't know the track title. There's no cover art. You know what I'm saying? So 
um, artist, that that's important. If you were sending it to, you know, um, anyone else, you do it the right way. So I you to uh, do it properly when you send it to Andy Fire so we don't have to email you back and tell you everything that you need to send. All right? So do that for me. On Tuesday, we had um, the founder of Global Citizens Press Collective, Ms. Rose Marie Williams here. That's an interview that you want to go back and listen to, especially those people who are starting a new business, trying to start a new business, you need funding, um, you need sponsorship, partnership, or whatever. That's the young lady that you need to talk to, all right? Uh, we've given you not only uh, music artists, but I'm giving you, uh, for those who are trying to, you know, expand upon what you're doing, I'm putting those people right in your lap. And all you got to do is connect with them. That's all you got to do. I'll make it simple for you, all right? So we are in the month of October. As you all know, it is Breast Cancer Awareness Month. It is also Domestic Violence um, Awareness Month. And uh, I want to say that the calendar has been printed, but we did leave off a very special episode on the 26th. That's a Saturday from 7 to 9 p.m. It's a collaborative episode. So we'll have six different um, individuals who have gone through and survived domestic violence, all right? There'll be three females, there'll be three males. So I, this is the episode that I really want everybody to tune in on um, or tune in to. Um, this, this transcript from this episode, um, along with uh, their bios and brief history, um, will all go into um, a little mini book, all right? So super excited about that. We're still working on some things. Um, as you know, I'm a domestic violence um, advocate, so I will have myself as well as someone else in on the show um, that evening. All right, but I do want to drop some 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 information that a lot of you may not have known. You see people wearing the purple, you see them posting the purple, whatever, um, and you in the butterflies, and you follow right along, you know, because you know it's Domestic Violence Awareness Month. But October, it's nationally celebrated, all right, or nationally observed. I'll say um, every day of every month of every year. It's a good day to help someone get free from domestic violence because it happens every day of every month of every year. Probably happening to somebody that you know. And something that I always say to people is, you know, sometimes you have to be the voice for others. Um, you know things are going on. You have to be the voice for others, those who may be suffering in silence, those who are crying out to you in silence. Sometimes you have to be the voice for that individual statistics that you may not have known about. 20 people per minute are physically abused by an intimate partner. One in three women and one in four men have been victims. 19% of domestic violence involves a weapon. There are 20,000 phone calls placed to domestic violence hotlines daily. Intimate partner violence accounts for 15% of all violent crimes. Women between the ages of 18 and 24 are most commonly abused. Up to 60% of perpetrators of intimate partner violence also abuse their children. And so people think, you know, normally it was always, you know, the woman is the victim of domestic violence. Um, but it's the woman, it's the man, it's the children, it's the animals. Um, domestic violence is not just physical. It is mental. It is verbal. All right, so I'm hearing stories from people talking about, you know, I don't want to spend too much time on this, but I think it's important. 
um, and I hear, you know, people all the time talking about, you know, um, it's still it's still something that happens to a lot of women, and it's documented as happening to women. Um, men, you know, as our protectors, um, you know, when it happens to them, one, nobody's going to believe them. Um, two, I'm a man. I shouldn't be letting a woman beat on me or talk down to me, um, mentally break me down, you know, because I'm a man. You know, they still hold on to that. I'm a man. Um, but I, I just, I want you to know, I work more with men. Um, and I, that's something that I requested, not because not I like men. But, it, you know, I feel like so many people um, focus. They, they put their focus on the women and they put their focus on the children. And then you have these men that are just left out there. You know, there's not a dedicated um, home or facility just for men of domestic violence. You know, and then look at look at the men. I read a story recently about a man who, you know, his wife left him. And, and this kind of goes into um, homelessness because when you go through domestic violence, you stand a chance of losing everything, all right? And so um, a lot of survivors of domestic violence do have to leave their home, leave, you know, what they're accustomed to and go into a shelter. Um, but there is not a dedicated shelter just for men. And that's sad. That is sad. And it has nothing to do with the fact that they don't speak up. You know what's happening. You know what's there. I'm a strong-willed, strong-minded woman, you know, but I was raised a different way. I'm going to respect my man, you know, but there are some women that any little thing will take them off and they take it out on their significant other. So I think that's something that we need to work on. I heard a lot of people say that's something that they wanted to start. They wanted to implement this in their community. And I feel like that is something that needs to be worked on. You know, these men, you have women that leave men with their children, and then they end up homeless. But they can't go to a shelter because it's a shelter for women with children. You know, it's, it's not a or, – or you go to a shelter that is just for men, but they don't accept kids. So that's something that I feel like we need to work on. I'm going to talk about that more on the next episode, Tuesday, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Very quickly, if you're a, a fan of Post Malone, um, Post Malone and Bud Light, they have introduced a limited edition can. Um, it's only available in select states. But according to the press release, it's a 16-ounce special edition can, and it's available in Salt Lake City. Um, Denver, El Paso, Laredo, San Antonio, Austin, Dallas, Houston, McAllen, Oklahoma City, New Orleans, uh, Chicago, D.C., Boston, and New York City. All right, there's a reimagined um, Bud Light iconic crest with the Grammy Award-nominated artist's face on the front and the center along with his autograph. So don't drink it. That's commemorative. It's got his autograph on it. All right, so if you're in one of those states, Post Malone fan, make sure that you go ahead and cop that Bud Light 16-ounce can. All right. Thank you, Bud Light. <laughs> My guest for this evening, super excited, super excited. The last time I had someone on the show, we had so many technical difficulties right up until the last minute before she was supposed to be here, and that was Alice, pop artist Alice from Spain. Uh, I think we got the kinks worked out this evening, and hopefully we'll be able to keep our guests on the call for the entire interview. All right. I'm talking about published fiction, romance, South African author Arnold Nkuna. Now, he's a 19-year-old published author, again, born in South Africa. He is from the village of, but I'm going to let you tell them where you're from, because um, it's like 20 letters, and I don't want to mess it up, all right? Um, but in this village is where he completed his high school studies, right? Arnold 
has been writing short stories since the 10th grade. Looking for more inspiration, he met a friend who helped rekindle that fire in him for writing. Now that he has completed his studies, he put his energy into finding a company that would help him develop as a published author, also helping him to complete his debut novel. He believes he has found that in Dream Wake Work Publishing and is excited to prove the naysayers wrong, which he will because it's what we do, right? Anybody a listening audience, I present to you this evening my guest, published fiction and romance, South African author, Arnold Nkuna. Um, I don't know, dude, we're supposed to wait for the applause, man. Big, big, No. <laughs> oh, 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 first of, first of all, uh, I would like to say hi to all the world. Um, And again, for the support I've got from my fellows, my company, the company that published my book, and my friends and families who um initiated their support in me and stuff. So uh shout out to them because they really pushed me to be someone today. I wouldn't be here if it weren't of them. So I really have to thank them a lot. And the person who deserves the uh, biggest shout out is my publisher because she took me from nowhere and made me someone took me somewhere because I don't think if it wasn't of her I would be here so the world must know that uh, Asira is the one like who put me into this position if it wasn't of her I would still be stuck today so I really have to thank her a lot, even today. Yeah. So, uh, as you have said, uh, the village I'm from is too uh, long. Uh, <laughs> I'm a 19... <laughs> I'm a 19-year-old uh, boy uh, on at the village uh, called Blatahomu, the one you can call. <laughs> <laughs> yes, so in my village, I grew up in a village where um, I might say I didn't have that much uh, positive influence when I grew up. I just had it uh, when I met this friend of mine who who had an idea of writing. I started writing when I was in grade 10, just making stories and stuff. But I didn't know that I could make something out of that. But since I met this guy, everything just changed because he suggested writing something. But because uh, I wasn't uh, privileged like him, I didn't have a laptop to use to write uh, then he just wrote his book uh, last year. It was 2018 when we were in matric. Then I let him write his own just because I didn't have uh, my own laptop. 
Then this year, I uh, moved to another city, Gauteng, uh, Tembisa, where I wanted to further my studies. Then I had to use my uncle's laptop to write. And uh, after writing, I uh, made research of publishers and stuff. I didn't want to be published in South Africa because I have my own reasons, which uh, I can say that personally I can't tell to the world. So <laughs> I found <laughs> I found uh, Asira as a publisher who had so many books. So she wanted to open her own company. So she recruited me and helped me a lot. My book was so hard to understand, but then today she just made it easy to the world. Uh, because even her, she told me that uh, it wasn't easy to to just publish it just like that. So we have a lot of work. Then I was like, wow, I thought I just wrote everything and then everything was just cool. But then it wasn't until we started it down uh, from the scratch. Then just decided to make two parts since it was too long. Then, yes, uh, she helped me publish my book. I didn't even believe when I saw my book on internet, on Amazon. Even my, my friend didn't believe that. So it just happened. that that That's when I realized that, okay, everything is possible, only if you want it to be possible. Right. So she helped me a lot. Like, I, I can't even for, forget that. Then I started writing. She, she suggested that I can write more. Then I also told myself that, no, this is what uh, I am capable of doing. So I will write more. Even now, there are more upcoming books, which she would still edit first. And uh, she will publish them after. So the the influence I got I got uh past uh I can say two years a year was positive because that's the reason I I, I just decided to write. I just decided to, to make something for my life. Something different from what my peers do. Since you know that uh our generation is in kind of uh some other situation, different situation. Even what I'm doing is uh, scarce. So I uh, found courage in myself, even from people uh, around me, even though some others, you know, they're just pretending to be giving you the courage. Yeah, but then it really helped me uh, a lot because Today, um, I'm, I'm a published author, youngest published author from America, um, from South Africa. Yeah, what? so that's it. I don't know if he's still asking more. Yeah, I don't think I've ever had me come on and completely tell everything you've answered all the questions i could have possibly 
ask you, but not really. I want to say big up to um, Asira. You, you've heard a lot of uh, authors come on the show recently, um, and, and it's a bit intentional um, because we do want to uh, give them this platform to be able to put their brand yeah. out there. Um, but this is a phenomenal woman. We had her on the show back, and I want to say it was July. I mean, at the time, you know, her publishing company was, I won't say small, but it, was on, it wasn't on the level that it's on now. It seems like overnight, yeah. um, when, you, when you pour into your passion, when you have something that fuels your passion, um, things start to happen. And it seems like every post I was seeing, they were adding a new author. Um, the next week, they got a new book out. The next week, another author. You know what I'm saying? And so um, I think I owe this to Asira. For all that you you have done for so many out there, um, so many up and coming authors, so many established authors, so many individuals who um, wish to pursue their passion, they don't have a clue what to do. You're right there. She does everything, guys, from 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 point one or point A to point Z. You know, in all parts in between, she does it all. So, um, yeah. if you're looking for a publishing company, you know. Um, I would highly recommend her. I don't know if she's stopped. You know, she has a quota that she wants to stay at or she's just going to keep expanding. I don't know. But I would most definitely reach out to Dream Wake Work Publishing. Um, and you can find them on all social media at Dream Wake Work. That's all one word, um, publishing. All right? So big ups to Asira and all that she is doing for these phenomenal authors. Now, I want to ask you, why, why is a genre – I know that you're listed under fiction and romance. So why, I want to say why romance? Because I feel like you're 19. Um, what do you really know about love? What do you really know about romance? Are you writing from your point of view? Are you writing from what you've seen others, you know, experience and go through? Are you just making things up in your head? Like, why this genre? Okay, uh... Many people, yes, would wonder just the way you wonder, how did I come up to write such a things? Uh, it is from my experience, actually, not a personal experience, just things that I can say I saw through movies and stuff, just leaning things I've learned, stories I've heard from people. So it gave me something like, I can write uh, about, so I can, you know, turn it into something. It's not uh, things maybe I can say I went through. I haven't went through such things uh, yet. So, yeah, that's it. I don't know if I've answered your question well. Certainly. How many hours a day do you write? How many, pardon? How many hours a day do you write? Oh, uh, I can say I take um, maybe three to four hours, maybe writing three, four chapters because it depends on my my, my schedule. I go to school, uh, come back, cooking, doing some home stuff. If I have some free time, leisure time, then I use it to write a little about it. 
So now your book that is out is entitled Abandoned Dreams. And I'm understanding yeah. that it's part one because there's a part two that is dropping soon. Um, talk about your book just a little bit. Give us the synopsis of the book. Okay. Uh, it's part one what I would be talking about here. Um, actually, my my, my storyline is uh, about this boy. But since I want to talk about part one, I'll be just summarizing part one. It started when uh, there is this boy living in a poor family. Then he was good at school, excelling, but then after matric, he didn't have money to pay his facility fees. So he went to his uncle's place uh, in town, township. That's when he met this uh, richest man from America. And then he engaged with him. And the man... Uh, the men from America just came by that time of apartheid. Like everything I just uh, wrote, it is about history. So I just took a little about history. Then as I continued that I just, it just faded. So the men came uh, from America to South Africa just for his contract of building roads and bridges since South Africa didn't have so much uh, machines and stuff. Then he came in uh, South Africa and married to a black woman, which was not allowed by that time, but they just made sure that they are moving from where the the apartheid uh, was more crowded. So they, they, they moved from another place where it was just better. So that's when they, they were able to have their own time together without disruptions. So this boy seems he didn't uh, have money to pay his fees. His parents didn't have money to pay his fees. He moved to a town where he found this man. And then this man, since he was uh, graceful, he recruited him into his company and told him to go to Facility while he's working for him. Then he worked for him while going to Facility. He completed his uh, degree as an architecture. Then he also met uh, his uh, girlfriend at uh, at this man's company where she was uh, coming marketing, looking for a job, since she also she also uh, completed this, I mean her, her degree. Then that's when Stephen and fellow engaged. So from all four of them, it was like a family. They they started being engaged together living together. Even uh, Mr. Wilson took Stephen as his son, even though it was, he was in the biological son. Then after 
Mrs. Wilson gave birth to Junior. That's when uh, Mr. Wilson started getting sick, getting weaker, like everything just changed. So he just told uh, Stephen to look after his family when he's gone and make sure that Junior gets to be the man he wanted him to be. Then Junior grew up a little bit, then that's when his father died after Stephen married to to fellow. So uh, the family of Wilson started living like uh, not the same way as they lived when Mr. Wilson was still alive. And everything just changed a little bit. Even Junior changed a little bit to a state where uh, I can say he was in the, the, the same boy they used to know when he was growing up. He had uh, different dreams from his father's dreams, uh, his father's expectations. So, but Stephen tried by all means to just feel welcomed into doing his father's businesses. Then uh, Stephen also married to fellow, yes, said that, and then they had children. So it was like a family, but then it was in shortage of Mr. Wilson. And that's where uh, I can say part one and as from there it will be part two, which I can't uh, summarize now because we're still editing it with my publisher. But you've already written it. Yes, I've already written part two. Me and my publisher still editing it. I can say by the end of the month, it will be out if we just work on it uh, firstly. By the end of this month? Yes, by the end of October, yes. Wow. But if you're just tuning in, you are live right here on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia and South African published fiction and romance author Arnold Nkuna. And if you tuned in on the middle of that, he was actually giving you a synopsis of his first debut novel, um, Abandoned Dreams, Part 1. It is a South African um, story of love and regret. Now, I know that you're only only 18. I'm sorry, you're only 19. But... Yeah. What piece of <laughs> what piece of <laughs> advice can you offer to someone? I'm going off of the title of your book, so that um, you know you started writing short stories in the tenth grade. Um, a friend, you know, came back to you and said, "Hey, you know, let's 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 refuel this this passion of yours." Um, but what piece of advice would you be able to give another aspiring um, new author? Um, so that they continue to push, seek out 
the individuals that they need to get them to the next level and that they don't abandon their dreams. What would you say to that author? Okay. Uh, first, I can say I could make an example of myself. Uh, I used to underestimate myself, thinking that, no, this thing is not like for me. Mm-hmm. But then after after I just tried to write something, I realized that, no, I can also do this thing only if uh, I want to. So at my, as I was published when I was 18, actually. It was July. I just turned 19 now. I mean, last month, August. Last of last month, August, yes, on the 14th. So I was published when I was 18. People were like, no, bro, you're still young. For that, then I was like, no, it doesn't measure by age, like really, it just measures by your capabilities. If you really can do something, it doesn't matter how old you are, you really have to do it. And don't mind the society, the society will always be negative, will always be positive. So mm-hmm. you must always mind the, the positive side, even though negative side, you can just take a little and experience what it is like to be negative towards someone but then mainly focus on a positive side because that is the one that will uh, encourage you push you to do something make sure people around you are supportive if you say uh mom i really want to do this and that she must uh, react positively to to what you really want to do so that's what I say. I'm saying that you really have to have uh, positive people around you. You really have to hope that you really are going big. So never underestimate yourself. That's the thing that had once happened with me. Um, find a positive influence. Uh, yeah. That's the least I can give. That's the most. That's the most you can give. That was very, um, very informative as well as very beneficial. Um, never underestimate yourself. If you have goals and you have passions, you have desires, you have aspirations, um, all of that, you can't get to where it is that you want to get to as long as you sit on them, as long as you, um, you know, just think it. You know, you have to bring your thoughts to fruition. If you write them down, what does the Bible say? You know, write the vision and, and make it clear. Um, that's what you have to do. You have to see it written out, and then you daily have to work towards the goal that it is that you're trying to attain. So that was not the least of what you could have done. That was the greatest of what you did by providing that much-needed and beneficial information to an upcoming um, brand-new author who may, you know, feel like I'm not where I need to be, and um, but I want to get there. But, you know, there's always those buts. So, so leave fear alone. You know what I'm saying? Bury fear yeah. and step out on faith and do what it is that you got to do um, to get to the level it is that you're trying to get there. Nobody's going to get you there if you first, you know, you yourself first don't apply your, you got to apply pressure on yourself all right and that this doesn't only apply to authors um my music artists um entrepreneurs 
um, models, bloggers. This applies to everyone. Um, you got to apply pressure to yourself first. When other people see that you're taking care of self, then they're going to be right there to be like, hey, I see what you're doing. You know what I mean? And, and I want to say that I don't, I don't speak your language at all. But I could tell the tone of the post that I was reading last night, and that's why I made the comment that I made. You know, there's always going to be yeah. nice, there's always going to be people that, you know, they're not at the level that you are. They may never get to the level that you are. And as you get older, as you get wiser, and as you obtain more knowledge, you'll lose a lot of friends along the way. But you'll also gain the important people that you need in your life to keep you focused and keep you keep pushing you to get to the next level that you're trying to get to. So your friends now may not understand, you know, um, they may not understand the place that you're in right now. And it's not for them to understand because this is your goal. This, these are your desires. This is what you're passionate about doing. So they may not understand that. Two years from now, you know what I'm saying? When you want a bestseller list, then boom, it may click. Oh, you know what I'm saying? But right now, don't focus, <laughs> yeah. don't focus on that drama. Don't focus on that shit right now, all right? You focus on doing what yeah. you have to do from part one to part two, on to book three, on to book four. You know what I'm saying? You, you got to keep building your brand. That's what you got to do. Yeah. Keep building your brand. Now, talking about your friends, yes. knowing that you're young, um, I, cause I got, you know, I got an 18 year old daughter, I got a 21 year old son. So, um, right there in between, how do you stay focused and not get distracted when you're writing? Okay. Uh, I create uh, quite space for myself. I make sure that, uh, I have everything covered, uh, in the house. I make sure that, uh, no one to, no one will, um, distract me. So I create a quiet space where I know that uh, even if I can take all the day writing, no one will call me. Uh, I switch off uh, my data, make sure I'm offline on social media. I just stay focused and make sure that I'm focusing on one thing. I don't do two things at the same time. So that's how uh, I make sure that I don't get disturbed. Wait a minute. How in the world do you switch off your data so that you're not getting calls, you're not getting messages? Like how do you, how do you do that? I got a daughter that she goes to sleep with her phone. Like it literally falls out of her hand when she's sleeping. Um, I don't I don't understand why she doesn't have a carpal tunnel right now because of she always got that phone on her. My oldest son is the same way, and he's about to deploy um, in two weeks to Kuwait. I don't know what he's gonna do because the phone he's always got the phone. Um, you know what I mean? How how is it that you're able to like maybe I need to send my kids to South Africa and they can learn, you know, something that that I don't know about. But how do you just set your data down and be like, you know, that that takes a strong will and a lot of determination to be able to do that. Yeah, um I simply put my phone on flight mode. Ah. Because no no messages, no calls coming in. And if someone be trying to call me, maybe after I'm done writing, I'll be telling them, no, you know that I'm a busy person. So sorry I didn't get your call. That's how I do it. (laughs) (laughs) 
Hey, yo, what's good? It's your boy, Jerusalem, from the Scarfella Music Group. And you on the air with the hottest station, Andy Fire. Andy Fire. With your host, Lil Timmy and Nakia. Right here, right on the here, station, right here, right all the hottest right hip-hop right hits. Right Andy Fire. Andy Let's Fire. get it. Let's get it. Let's get it. You're just tuning in. You're live right here on Indie Fire with your girl, Nakia, and my special guest this evening, South African published fiction and romance author, Arnold and Kuna. Am I saying your last name right? Like, we're almost done with the episode, and I've just been making that shit all along. Is it Nkuna? <laughs> yes, that's correct. <laughs> so, can you write um, from a male point of view? How hard or easy is it for you to write from the opposite sex point of view. Uh, pardon? How easy or how hard is it for you to write from the opposite sex point of view? Okay, I can say um, it's hard only if you, you run out of ideas but then if you got more ideas, it's going to be easy. Sometimes you'll be, I'll be walking on the streets, viewing some things, you know, maybe seeing my peers doing things like I don't wish to do even in my life. Then, like, being discouraged from what they're doing. So I'll be getting ideas from just viewing the world, like, going places a little bit. Then when I come back, I'll be having many ideas. And that it is easy for me to just make it uh, a point of view, like just make it an easy writing. So, um, so sorry, I, I had a question to come through. Um but I think we already covered that. So I had a question to come through, and the question is, most of the time um, people write about what they know. Yes. And so, and, and you've answered this, so I'm trying to, you know, word it. Um, how how effective are others' life experiences um, to your writing process? You know, when you're writing uh, through something that you have experienced, like personally experienced it, yourself experience, experiencing it, it is easy, but sometimes it is a, if it is a bad thing, you'll be emotional when writing, so you'll be getting more disturbed. But then if it is something maybe going through research, uh, going through how the world changed, going through history and stuff, just reading some things, like, you'll be able to know that, no, things had changed up to this far. Then you can make a relation from history and <clears throat> current uh, situation and stuff. So when you, you're writing, um, I can say, through experience. Sometimes people be saying uh, you'll be 
stealing people's ideas and stuff. I don't ask uh, like anything from a person just to write. No, I don't even ask any person. I just do a thing that I think I think that I think uh, can happen or I think that maybe is happening in real life something even uh in my upcoming other book not abandoned dreams too but another one i was writing as and i like i'll be the main character is a woman so i'll be acting as a woman in that book like even if you'll be reading it you you'll be able to hear that like uh this thing somewhere in the world is happening. So that's one of the things which uh, other people ignore. Or I can say they just fade away because of uh, people are getting killed and stuff. So sometimes it is, uh, my publisher call it ghostwriting. Mm-hmm. I just be thinking of things, yes. When I'm alone, thinking that, oh, I I think I can write about this and that. I think I can write about this and that. Through my experience, I don't think I can write anything because I haven't experienced uh, so much, or I can say so bad things already in my life. If I can say incoming two or five years, Yes, I can write something about, uh, you know, how uh, I grew up from my young age up to that age I'd be at. So I do ghostwriting myself. I do ghostwriting. Uh, some ideas is just from experiences, like things I see in the world and stuff. I'd be adding to, to, to my book. So that's how I do it. Do you ever experience writer's block? Yes, I did. But to just uh, get through it, uh, I get some. I get some fresh air from outside. If I I run out of ideas, I just take some walk. Um, distance, beat long then when i come back uh my mind will be refreshed then i can just start again and do my thing do you see this let's fast forward 10 years from now where, where do you see yourself do you still see yourself as an author a um, more established author is this just a hobby for you right now um or is this your passion um, and you wish to continue in this direction? Yes. Uh, this thing is one of the things I love the most. Uh, some people will not understand what it really means to me. I want to see myself uh, somewhere um, far in the world because of writing. Uh, maybe in the upcoming 10 years, I'll be moving from South Africa to America, like doing ups and downs because of my book. <laughs> maybe 
allowing my publisher to open some branches in the, in South Africa. Wow. So yes, I would love uh to do that. Maybe I'll be the one managing the company in South Africa. So like really uh I wish like if maybe I could get five uh to eight books maybe in coming three yeah maybe in coming three years then i'll be having a hope that one day i'll be maybe uh getting into competitions getting awards and stuff so i really want to see myself so so far because of writing it is my passion but actually it is not the career I really like I don't make it a career. It is an hobby, passion, like a thing that I love doing when I'm not busy. So I see that it is not just a thing, it is something big that could take me somewhere so far. So I see myself being someone like someone so inspirational in so upcoming 10 years even now already uh, i can say my family is already proud my friends uh yes like so many people are proud so i really want to make it to be more 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 rigid so that they could be proud of uh, a thing that is invisible like to the world not to them only i want it to be visible to the world that um, i'm an author even now uh, i can say some people doesn't take me serious as you have said uh since what i'm doing is what i love i won't stop doing it because of other people does not support me or other people does not love what i'm doing but then other people's point of view like does not give me that kind of uh, character of being an author. I once introduced myself at the church and those kids were surprised because they didn't see me as such a thing. Like even if someone view like my, my physical appearance will not tell you that I'm um, this kind of thing. But then that's what I love. Mostly your capabilities must describe who you are. You don't have to dis- describe yourself to people that I'm this kind of person and stuff. So your capabilities or what you're doing will describe yourself to the society. Yeah. So, yes. So even now I've got this person supporting me like so, so much. Um, she, she, she is more supportive. She never underestimated my work, even though I was is, is underestimating myself. She stayed positive. She stayed supportive. She stayed encouraging. So shout out to her. I guess you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, so I really 
like to thank her a lot because if I don't say anything about her, it will be like, ah, uh, no, I'm yeah. supporting this guy. <laughs> he doesn't even <laughs> say anything about me. But then she won't mind about that. But then I really appreciate what she's doing. It's been this is the third year um I've been with her. So she had always been supportive even though even though I was in what I was what I am today, even though I haven't started, she just uh supported me when I started being like I'm writing a book. She never said you're claiming. No, she just about supported me. Every every move I made, she made sure that uh, I I have a courage to myself. So shout out to her. Yes, shout out to her. Um, it takes a very special individual um, to to be with someone for that long and um, pour pour into that person. Um, and show them that, you know, your vision is also my vision, and um, I'm going to be there for you. So shout out to her for, for the role that she plays um, in your life, a very supportive role. If you could become a better author, like what one thing would you give up to become a better author? Um, as for now, I really... Like, I know that there are so many, like, young, younger people, younger than me or older than me, wishing to, to fulfill this dream of being an author and stuff. So, for me, I really want to make my country to be better, to know that um, Every dream you you, you want to fulfill, you can fulfill it only if you go, like, research and stuff. You know, social media is important. You don't have to misuse it. I'm, I'm redirecting this to my peers. Most of them, you misuse it. They does not know the purpose. You know, mm-hmm. I got uh, my publisher, Asira, from Facebook, like, the one that uh, most of the people misuse it, I just got something uh, important I could use. So what uh, I want to tell them is that they can go uh, on social media because most of uh, people who really want to help others, they are based on social media. They know that there are so many people uh, having dreams they want to fulfill. So it is important to use social media wisely. Don't just use it to go through scandals and stuff. They must uh, use it wisely. Yeah. And that's, um, I think that's just people in general, which which is another reason why I, you know, was kind of in awe when you said that you set your, your data off because um, it's very, I stay distracted. So many things distract me because I have so many things going on at one time. So it's very easy for me to be like, you know what, no, let me go this way or let me go that way. But I think social media um, is a plague. I need it to be able to promote my businesses, 
but I feel like for some people, it is it is a plague. It really is. You know, like they can't live without Instagram or you know being on Twitter or of course being on Facebook. You know, um, and I think that is something a lot of people, you know, you could take that. That that's like when I ask that question, how do you remain focused and you don't get distracted? A lot of people say, you know, I have to shut down social media. I got to shut it down. Um, because if not, you know, my mind is wondering, like, you know, what what did this person just, you know, person just post about um, this new book or, you know, this, this tour that's coming up or, you know, a book signing or, you know, so your your mind is always wondering. But when you shut that shit down, put it to the side, you know, you, you tend to be able to stay more focused unless you're like my brain. Yeah. Most people, you tend to stay more focused when you don't have the distraction like social media and a lot of, you know, um, like you said, your peers. So a lot of the youth, you know, um, and I mentioned my daughter, that's where they are. It's always on um, social media. And I feel like, you know, yeah. being 19, started writing, you know, published his first book at 18. Um, and that that just shows you, you know, we've had artists on the show that are age 15 and 16 and that are touring across the country. You know, when you have a goal and you have an aspiration and you stay focused on that. Don't allow the naysayers to, you know, people that you go to school with to say, you know, no, you should be doing this. You need to be in a band. You need to be in a chorus. You don't need to be singing across the country. You know what I'm saying? Trying to pull you down, trying to dull your shine. Um, don't, you know, you have to block that out. Like, just like you can block your, your data, you need to block those haters out as well. So I commend you on that right there. What are you in school for right now? Pardon? What are you in school for? Oh, um, I am upgrading since uh, I got low marks to get to a varsity. I see. Now, from there, are you going on to college or? Yes, uh. Next year, um, I'll be going to university or college, one of them, since uh, I'll be having, I'll be having much better marks. And I think with the support of family that you have, and they see, you know, um, that you're determined um, to get, you know, on to the next level in your education as well as in your career, and they're going to support you, and they're going to keep you grounded, and they're going to keep you focused. So we here at Indie Fire, we wish you the best of luck. And once you're on the show, you can family. So don't worry, I'm gonna be in. I'm gonna be in your face all the time. If I see a comment that I can understand that I don't like, I'm gonna be commenting. I'm gonna be in your inbox. I'm gonna keep encouraging you, as I know a Sarah is you know, so that you can um, get to where it is that you're trying to get to in your literary career as well as in all aspects of your life. Thank you for tuning in, and I thank you for being here this evening with me all the way from South Africa, guys, published fiction and romance author Arnold N. Kuna. So make sure you're right back thank here. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Make sure you're right back here at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time on uh, Tuesday the 8th where we will have independent hip-hop rap artist uh, Q Nova will be here 
And then on uh, Thursday, next Thursday, the 10th, 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, we'll have um, 100 Graham Prezi um, from the GBLFE family, all right? You know when we get them on the show, it ain't nothing but a party, all right? So you cannot make them all. Please do not miss them all. And as always, I want to leave you with a quote. Well, here we go. When you make music or write or create, it's really your job to have mind-blowing, irresistible, condomless sex with whatever idea it is you're writing about at that time. That's Lady Gaga. <laughs> so it's Tuesday at 6.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. You guys have a awesome, awesome Thank you.